everyone, this is Jason. And Jody. And you're listening to Radio Free Leader. Welcome to Radio Free Leader. I'm your host, David Burkus, best-selling author and recovering academic. And this is the show that tears down the wall between the ivory tower and the corner office. Each episode brings you an outstanding thinker to help you lead smarter by sharing insights from social science and practical applications for leadership, innovation, and strategy. Make sure you stay up to date with Radio Free Leader and get some great stuff we don't share on the show by joining our community. You can sign up on the show notes page for this episode at davidberkus.com slash 727 or text Radio Free to 33444. We'll even get you caught up with our Radio Free Leader Starter Kit. This is a collection of our most popular episodes sent right to your email inbox. Again, that's davidberkus.com slash 727 or text Radio Free, all one word, to 33444. Today's episode features Jason and Jody Womack. They're a husband and wife duo. They are co-business owners and co-authors of the new book, Get Momentum, How to Start When You're Stuck. I've been a big fan of Jason's work uh, for a while now, and and it's kind of reciprocated. I, I learned just before doing this interview that Jason's a regular listener to Radio Free Leader, so that was really cool as well. Uh, first person who knew the five questions before I ever had to ask them the five questions. So they've got cool answers for that in the queue as well. You'll definitely want to check it out. We talk about a lot of things in this episode. We talk about why people get stuck, why on their biggest projects they find that they can't find the time or the know-how to do it, and also how to get started. We talk about a really cool thing called the 30-30 rule, and we encourage you all to take the 30-30 challenge. So for the next five days, find 30 minutes a day to work on something that won't be due for more than 30 days from now. Um, our cheat sheet for this episode is even a little worksheet to help you figure out um, where to spend that time and how to spend that time doing the 30-30 challenge for uh, 30-30 rule challenge for the next uh, five days. So that's really encouraging. You want to check that out at davidberkus.com slash 727. A quick note before we get started, you might hear a lot of echo uh, even now as I'm recording this, but also in the interview. Uh, we just moved. We just moved to a place that has a studio area for recording this podcast, which gets me really, really excited. But I've learned in the process of recording this interview, I got to figure out something to do on that echo. So we'll be moving towards fixing that uh, in the future. But this content was too good. I didn't want to make them re-record it, and I didn't want to keep it from you. So if you can put up with the echo, you're going to get some really great stuff during this episode. So without any further ado, let's go to our interview with Jason and Jody Womack. So who are you and what do you do? Hey, my name is Jason Womack. And after spending about 20 years looking at what gets people stuck, stuck in a work project, stuck in a life change, I founded with my, with my wife and co-founder, we founded an online academy that helps people over the course of a year. Uh, but David, what I found is that applying some of these things that we've been studying for so long, I really feel a, a kindred spirit with your applied academic statement. And I, look, I studied psychology, got a master's there, studied education, got a master's there. But what I realized is that people are looking for something that they can use tangibly. And so uh, the bulk of my work, if you followed me around for a 30-day period, about two to four days per month, I spend step-in-step -step with one of our clients. I watch what they do, how they work, how they interact with their team, their staff. Every now and then, someone will bring me into the personal side of their life. Maybe they're a community organizer. They work at a nonprofit as a significant volunteer. 
And what my promise to folks is we will figure out within a quarter to six months, we'll figure out how to do everything you have to do in about half the time. So bottom line, every now and then I'm called a time management coach, but what I realize is that there are certain and significant psychological slash mindset factors that when we address head on, we can start working effectively and efficiently. We call it momentum. Hey there, and I'm Jody Womack. I help run the Get Momentum Leadership Academy, and it's my great privilege. I love talking to people and finding out where they're stuck, where they need help, and how we connect them to our network and our community. And uh, there's some great people doing great projects out there. So that's that's my thrill is getting to help them along. Yeah, and I should say uh, to listeners who who probably already figured it out that you know you guys are, are are connected, are related, are together in business. You are actually you're only the third after. What is this? Seven seasons. You're only the third couple who also works together on projects that that we've interviewed. So, so congrats on that. I guess on being the the third, but also like there's got to be there's got to be a story there because I I feel like a lot of times we a lot of our discussion around how to get more done is how to balance work and life and how to do all and and you guys are actually like that integrated life thing. Absolutely. There's really no boundaries between personal and professional. And Jason, I actually met in the front row of a college history class and I asked him for his notes and he said no. And so that was really the beginning of the relationship and the beginning of the negotiations. And uh, we had a good time and we learned that we could work together really well. We were great at, we were both writing quite a bit during college and we were great at trading papers and then editing the work and critiquing the work and not critiquing the person. What we found is that folks who have some kind of a a leadership title, some kind of an influential title, one of the things that we found, David, is that the ability to give someone feedback on what they did, how they did it, and being able to separate that out. And it takes two to tango here. I need to be able to give in this case, Jody, I need to give her feedback on that work that she did, that article she wrote, that blog post that got published, and do it in a way that doesn't, I'll just say it, it doesn't attack the person. On the flip side, when I'm getting feedback from my significant other, my partner, now look at whether you listening are working with your spouse or you're working with a co-founder or you're working with a colleague, there is that tendency we all have as humans to take what people are saying personally. One of my favorite books on this, and I'm guessing you read it, but it was that book called The Four Agreements by Ruiz. And I just remember reading that one, right? Don't take things so, or don't take things personally. And that's really, if I could give someone one thing to take away from here, over the next week, look at how you're receiving the feedback that's coming towards you. And if you can take you out of it, the person, and put what you did into it, I, I see huge benefit there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's really, really good advice in terms of just feedback and perfecting your own performance, but also, I mean, in a sense, it's good relationship ad- advice too, because I think so often in any relationship, whether it be a you know, full on domestic relationship like you or even a work partnership, it is so tempting as we get to know each other more to blur that line and to not really be able to 
to have that separation. And I mean, you know, you know, from, uh, you know, my first book, The Myth of Creativity, this idea that, that a lack of cohesiveness can actually benefit you creatively, but only if you can do it in a way where it's not personal and it stays professional. So that's, that's a huge, a huge insight that we weren't even here to talk about today. We were, we were actually supposed to talk about something totally different, right? So not only are you co partners in life, not only are you co-workers together, you're also co-authors on the new book, Get Momentum, how to start when you're stuck. And, and, you know, that, that was the insight that uh, I wanted to have a conversation around. But now I feel like, like, we're good. We're done. We can just go home. <laughs> and the applaud, the crowd goes crazy. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you said that you, you cut people's work life, you know, in half and you just cut the interview time in half. So that, that was perfect. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, well, I'm half kidding. I, I want to talk about the new book because I think that, you know, the bulk of your work, uh, is often done with with business clients, with people who are, are business owners or, or leaders in organizations. And when I was reading Get Momentum, there's, there's more to it than that. And that's what I love is I see this as sort of the expansion of your work and influence, not just in number of people, but also in kind of a diversity because everybody gets stuck. Everybody gets stuck in projects, in life, decisions they don't want to make, et cetera. And that is what really what Get Momentum is, is a framework for kind of how to get unstuck. So I guess let's start at the stuck. Why does everybody get stuck? Why does this seem like something that no matter where you work, what you work on, you're going to run into times when you're stuck? You know, I really look at the kind of person who's attracted to stuckness. And, and it's it's weird, I know. But there's a certain kind of a person who will sit down and over coffee or a beer or a long walk with you will admit that they're stuck. And and by the way, I always look for these kind of um, indicators when someone says in so many words that they're stuck. And I'll just read through some of the more popular ones, David, and then anyone listening, if these are true for you, then maybe you have a reason to keep on listening. Um, one of them I've heard people say is something like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. Uh, another one that I hear too often, David, is someone will say, look, Jason, what I have is fine. It's fine. We're going to get through it. Uh, and then the third one that I've heard is someone will say something to the effect of, I'm confused. Um, things don't make sense. When I hear those kinds of comments, I'm always looking for what's underneath that. I'll draw a parallel into some of the psychology that I've studied. You know, underneath fear or pain is always love. Underneath stuck or overwhelmed is always caring. And so what I like to do is I like to find out, look, if you're stuck, it means extrinsically something is pulling on you and, and tapping your capacity. Intrinsically, you're looking out at the world and inside you know things have to be different. I'm going to pass the mic to Jody because when she started the Women's Business Social about, uh, gosh, that was about six years ago now. Um, well, I'll let you tell the story of how you started the, the Business Social. Well, I started a, a networking group for women in business because I live in a small town and the options that were available to me sucked. I mean, not to use a technical term, but they they weren't uplifting. They weren't motivating. They weren't encouraging. They weren't in, terribly insightful. And I wasn't getting anything from it. And, I, and so I flipped it, all the things that it wasn't. I said, if I could build something, what would I want? And it was great for me because I love putting events together. I love bringing people together. So it was a natural fit. But it was one of those things where it was just so different. It didn't have a check-in line and, and forms and a 10-minute speech and any pitches. I wanted 
key people that wanted to keep getting better to hang out with one another and know about one another as a resource. So that was my way of getting unstuck personally. And it turned into a great thing where I hosted it once a month for five years. And then I morphed it into our Get Momentum program because I found the people who were showing up was like, this is all great now that we know one another. Now what? How do we keep getting momentum on our businesses and keep moving forward on what's what's driving us. Bottom line, David, someone who is stuck, they have a project that has to come out. It's a work project that they know if they were to take on, own, and do really well, that promotion's around the corner. It's that life project where as their teen goes from the early teen through their late teen years, they want to be that mom or that dad that really positively influences or for their community. I remember several years ago, I had a, a six-month time span. My aunt and then my stepmom and then my grandmother were all diagnosed with breast cancer within six months of each other. Well, what came out of that was all three of them became huge volunteers, huge supporters of a, a – and it was in Marin County, California – of a significant um, uh, nonprofit. And my stepmom would tell you, she said, look at Jason, you know, after I got diagnosed with cancer and, and became ultimately president of the To Celebrate Life Foundation, as a volunteer, she was in more meetings, traveling more and taking more phone calls than she ever had as a corporate executive. So stuck to me, it simply indicates that there's something there that needs, we call it momentum. It needs that spark. It needs that push to start moving forward. And I, I guess that's where we, we go from here, right? So we we have this kind of internal sense of, of strife and cognitive dissonance, right? Because we know that this is something that's important that we need to to get to, but we don't get to, right? Uh, and you guys outline a really useful model that I don't want to give away the store because I want people to check out Get Momentum. I want people to check out the Leadership Academy. So I don't want to give away the entire store, but you outline a really good model. I guess yeah, let's just for for the sake of this podcast and keeping it kind of short. How do we get started on that? How do we? Where, what are the first steps in getting momentum? How do we kind of break that tension between knowing you need to work on it, but also feeling like I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do, or any of those other reasons that you listed? What we find is people are stuck in handling the emergencies of today and tomorrow. They work on things that are due right now, and. That's great. That's fine. It's necessary, but it never gets you out of that loop, right? So you're always constantly putting out fires and handling what's right now and what's present. So in the book, we talk about the 30-30 rule, which I'll let Jason explain more thoroughly, but it's one of those things where it gives you a little bit of that view of the horizon so you can start things before they become emergencies that are happening right now. You know, there's so much information out there in the productivity space, and, and that's where I ultimately came from. If I look back uh, as a high school teacher in the 90s, and then I fell in love with time management organization. I read every book. I worked for a time management consultant. What we found is that if we focus on time and that kind of getting things done to get them off the list, if we focus there, generally we stay there. So Jody alluded to this thing called the 30-30 rule. I started practicing this about a year ago, and what it consists of is I spend 30 minutes a day working on something that's not due for 30 or more days away from today. 
So whenever you're listening to this, just take a look at today's date on your calendar. Go 30 days from today. If you look at your calendar for that week, I promise you, you're going to hear an intuitive voice that says, oh my gosh, I'm going to wish I started working on this sooner. Now, the good and the bad. The good part about this, intuitively, you listening to this, you're like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. The bad is you're wondering where in the heck am I going to buy, borrow, steal those 30 minutes. Here's our challenge to folks. If you'll take just five days, if you go for the next five days, if starting today you'll find a 30-minute window and you'll work on something that's not due for 30 days or more away from today, you're going to start to gain this momentum. It'll start feeling like you're make, making progress. Basically, and, and I'll be very transparent here, uh, this came because I missed my dad's birthday one year. Uh, it was on the calendar. Uh, I knew it was coming. And I remember waking up the next morning realizing I had been so overcome by events the day before, the week before. I didn't get a card in the mail. I didn't get a phone call. I didn't even do an email or a text. And I remember talking to Jody. I made this vow. It's like, I am never going to get caught like that again. And so I opened the calendar almost by accident. And I looked out 30 days. I started buying birthday cards, anniversary cards, graduation cards. But what happened was I ultimately started applying this to work. Look, you and I, there's always a plane ticket we need to start looking into, a hotel we need to make a reservation at, or a rental car we need to work on. Not only that, if I know I'm going to be in Chicago in 33 days, I'm going to want to have dinner with Mark and I'm going to want to check in on my client. So what can I start doing today? And there's, there's such power in this. You know, I, I, I studied time, as I was telling you a little bit earlier, 30 minutes, it's 2% of your day. Right there's there's fourteen hundred and forty minutes in a day, so thirty minutes. That's just two percent. That's all we're asking folks for. So that would be kind of tip number one of getting started um, uh, in 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 getting unstuck. See, I I love that. Uh, so uh, you know, I thought where a lot of times I'm reading this and thinking, oh, we got to you know figure out what to do. We got to stop doing the day to day. And my mind goes back to like Covey and the actually it wasn't even his Matrix, but he's the one that popularized it. The idea of important but urge important and urgent, important but not urgent, blah blah blah. And I was always thinking like, yeah, that works great, except you'd have to How have. How do a, I do it? Right, exactly. But then also like you'd have to have a hundred percent work life to be able to figure that out because like. You know, I have, I have kids and a spouse and other stuff that happens in my life. And some stuff would very easily fall into the not urgent that someone else who's involved in my life thinks that is. And so what I love about the, the 30, 30 rule isn't just that it's, you know, it's simple, which I, I love, but it's also like you, when you get started with it, don't do work, apply it over here and see how it benefits. And then you'll just sort of naturally start incorporating it in. And like you said, it's, it's easy and it's, it's a small chunk. You don't have to overhaul your entire schedule. You can spend the other, let's say your workday is eight hours. You can spend the other seven and a half hours getting totally mixed up between important and urgent and not important and unurgent and all that. But you're covered because you got that 30 minutes of proactive time. Absolutely. And we know there's going to be stuff that surprises you and shows up out of the blue and all of those things. And that's life. And that's why you get hired. And that's what you do in, as the role in your family. But there are things that we know are marching towards us on our calendar that we have agreed to. So our thought is how much of that, that we've already aware that we're already aware of can we handle and put into progress progress uh, how much of that can we delegate how much of that can we get started even if it's handing it off to somebody 
something's going to be happening. And, you know, we love that word momentum because it doesn't mean done, but it means started and moving so that things don't blow up and surprise us. And your kid's still going to come home from school and say that there's a science report due in the morning or something, you know, we, we can't avoid that. But all the other stuff that's already on your calendar, we can help with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's great. And I think, you know, it's a great challenge, that idea of five days, the 30-30 rule, commit to it for like five days and see see what benefits from it. So those those of you that are listening, et cetera, I'm, uh, well, let's, we're all, all three of us are asking you to, to take that challenge and commit to it. I, I'm actually, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it. So let's see, this episode goes live on the uh, 13th. So I'll check in with me on the 18th and we'll see, uh, what it was for those five days. I think that'll be really cool. And, and the rest of you, as you're listening to it, let me know, email me or, or post it on this show's episode, davidberkus.com slash 727. And we'll go from there. And if you started that and you get momentum and you want more momentum, Go check out the book, Get Momentum, How to Start When You're Stuck. Um, it's got some really, it's got other really cool tools like that and a really interesting peek inside your own head on what causes that and how to get momentum. Jason and Jody, you know what's coming next because you actually, you listen to the show regularly. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever wanted to answer these questions, the five questions, but I'm going to ask them to you anyway. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. We'll, we'll tag team them. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? My mentor, a woman named Frances Hesselbein, she, every time I see her in New York, which is about two or three times per year, she'll uh, grab my hand, she'll walk me to the window, and she'll ask, she'll say, Jason, what is visible to you but unseen by the people you serve? And I spend a big chunk of a week, uh, a big chunk of my week every week, looking out to see what the people around me, those closest to me, what have they not seen that is clearly abundantly visible to me? And then uh, obviously the subsequent of that is how do I begin sharing that? And for me, the best advice I ever heard was say yes more. Hmm. You know, I think that's interesting because you guys are in, in the spirit of get momentum. I was almost expecting say no more, right? So that you can focus on whatever you need to get momentum on. But I love it. I love it. Um, second question, what's an average day look like for you? I wake up at seven when I just naturally wake up. One of the greatest gifts ever uh, when I quit my day job and we started our own company was I got rid of wearing a watch and I got rid of my alarm clock. So I wake up when I wake up. I walk to a coffee shop. I enjoy that without a laptop or computer or any kind of outside influence. I watch people and then I walk home and I work from my home office. And right now, Jason and I are on the road and uh, in someone else's home office, and we'll work, we'll have a couple meals, and then we'll work till about seven at night. But uh, for me, it's the ideal day of a work day is uh, going with the flow and my own natural rhythms. So that's been really good for me. Typical day, and I'm going to be a little bit more, um, I won't say organized, but orderly. Uh, <laughs> I, I do three kinds of things. I, I handle the transactions, I do relationship building, and I seek out opportunity. And the order in which those happen, generally I'm up maybe two to two and a half hours before Jody. Uh, that's when I'll handle a lot of email. I'll handle a lot of client requests. We serve clients around the world, so things will have come in from the Middle East and Asia. 
Uh, I'll usually get a run in. Uh, you tend to do that before coffee with Jody. And I know she mentioned we walk to coffee. That's our social time. So kind of like uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Cheers, the actor there. Norm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> they you know, see us they... <laughs> coming and they yell, "Oh, Rebe latte." Um, for, for, for me, it's uh, I, I need to be outside to get that influence. And then the rest of the day, David, it's relationship building and opportunity development. How I do those two things, I love listening to what people are working on. I've learned over the years that it's better to separate out the listening from the advice giving. And it drives some of my clients and friends crazy. But I'll, I'll listen to an issue they're having, a circumstance that they're dealing with. I'll email them four, five, seven days later with the two or three pieces of advice I have. More, most likely, I probably could have given it to them over that coffee or beer or that walk. But I find that if I get to go back to my own lab, my own studio, my own desk, uh, I get to build that in. One quick comment. Uh, if, I was going to say if it's okay, but it's okay because I'm talking. One quick comment about relationship. <laughs> sorry. Uh, one quick comment about relationship building. I do two kinds of relationship building, David. One is relationship building in the way that you're all thinking to other people. And the other is relationship building to my craft, relationship building to my skill set or to my content expertise. So I, I carve a significant part of my day, and I know what question's coming next, but I carve a significant part of my day, anywhere from 4 to 8% of a day, that's one to two hours, towards consuming information and then somehow crafting a new understanding of that. Usually it sounds or looks like listening and writing. So that, of course, begs the third question you know is coming. What are you reading now? So uh, thanks to Bill Gates and his reading list, I figure I'll let him do the hard work. I just picked up uh, from Pedro Domingos, The Master Algorithm. And I've been a, a student on the periphery. If there was one uh, circle outside of the main circle on AI, robotics, and machine learning, uh, I'm fascinated by it. Maybe it's because I was a Spanish and history teacher. I, I taught high school for a while. But what I'm seeing, the um, I don't know if you have anything like Siri or Alexa in your house, uh, but what I'm seeing, the environment being able to do from watching what I'm working on to listening what I'm talking about to being able to serve up in information. Uh, Jody and I, she said we're, we're living here in Mountain View, California for the month and we saw our first self-driving Google car the other day and uh, you know it was the first one I'd ever seen and I got so excited. We waved. <laughs> Even though it couldn't see you. <laughs> couldn't well, I guess it could see you. It could definitely see you in the cameras but it couldn't wave back because they probably I didn't program that. I was a little giddy, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> and I love this, Jason. I promise we did not um, coordinate our answers in any way, but you're really getting to see the yin and yang of us and how we work. Uh, I'm reading a book called The Untethered Soul. It's a New York Times bestseller, uh, The Journey Beyond Yourself by Michael Singer. And and what I find is I, I alternate between business books and, and content and fiction and then something that just feeds my soul. So that's truly what I'm working on. And we're at, right now in the Get Momentum program, we talked a lot about resist, resilience and building that inner work. So that's what I've just been absorbing lately. And uh, it's, it's deep work. This is, this is what we need to be doing for ourselves and our, our folks. Awesome. What do you believe that most people don't? 
I'll go first. I believe we are smarter together. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Uh, Mine is uh, focus, uh, focus over time every day of the week. So if I can manage my distractions, if I can hold on the focus line, uh, time becomes irrelevant. I have watched people take one, two, three hours to do something that had they sat down, closed the door, put on the Bose headset, and asked their boss for a 45-minute uninterrupted block of time, it would have been done and done better. Focus over time every time. So uh, on our final question, you, you know what's coming. You know that the name of the show is Radio Free Leader. In your view, and I, and I don't want to hear collective. I actually do want to hear individually Jason and Jody. In your view, what makes someone a leader? You know, it's one of those things. I see so many companies putting on these leadership programs and developing yourself as a leader. And, and I really looked at the other side. It's like, well, look, at someone's got to be a follower. And so to me, a leader is the woman or the man that can walk into the room and discern who in this room needs to be led, not because they have some Napoleonic complex, because darn it, there are people put in our environments who are put here to be the best followers that they can be. Now, look, I might be going against the grain. I might be going against convention here, but there are folks that are put on the planet to show up to be either encouraged, influenced, or directed. And I think the job of the leader, and we've heard so many historical definitions of this, the job of the leader, at least from my perspective, is to put them in a position where at the end of the day, they feel better about what they did that day than when they started. They get that acknowledgement, that boost of recognition that what they did helped the entire organization. We are huge fans of companies like um, what's the Flax company, the Bob's, Bob's Mills, yeah, um, Chabani, um, uh, Tom's of Maine. You know these companies that you you show you you look around there and you go, my goodness, there are people here who are being led by folks who get it. So, so there's probably, you know, much more deeper that we could go on that. For me, who is a leader? I think about that quite a bit, especially when I'm in training programs, whether I'm leading them or sitting in them as a participant. And my first question always comes up, who do I trust? If I look around this room and I had to pick a handful of people, I always pick on like my gut instinct, not what they say or what they're wearing. And I'm finding you know, especially around this town, what you're wearing isn't the signature like it is in some of those other other cities. Um, but who do I trust and who's really curating what they allow in? And I think that's when I, when I said uh, say yes more. Saying yes is a very intentional thing that I'm going to choose to use my energy on something different than when I say no to things. I can say no by not responding or by just not showing up. But when I say yes, that's that's a commitment of my energy to an activity, to a person, to an, a, um, an outcome. So I'm always looking at who's curating well and who would I want to be on their team as well. 
That's awesome. Those are, those are both, uh, really, really cool answers and a unique perspective. Thank you so much for sharing. So I highly encourage you to check out the, the book, Get Momentum, How to Start When You're Stuck. I encourage you to check out the Get Momentum, Get Momentum Leadership Academy. And even more, I encourage you to take the 30 30 challenge and actually take, take five days, take a week and take 30 minutes in every one of those days and find something to do that will make your life so much easier 30 days from now. And you won't even thank us at the end of five days. It'll be 35 days before you thank us but I guarantee you, you will. And then you'll probably grab the book and then you'll enroll in the Leadership Academy and then your life will be so much better all because of Jason and Jody. So Jason and Jody, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Free Leader. And thank you everybody for listening.